Spiritual Coaching Podcast. We're teaching spiritual coaches how to guide Christians into a full and fearless devotion to God. Welcome. The goal of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast is to encourage and equip those whose God-given mission is to provide spiritual direction to the Church of Jesus Christ. We're training warriors to fight for the human heart. Our spiritual coaching is driven by a singular belief that every wound in our heart that's left untouched by God will hinder how deeply we can know Him and how fully we can follow Him. Only healthy hearts are free to develop a relationship with God that outlasts the pressures of life and every unworthy claim for our loyalty and devotion. All right, you have found the Two Rivers Spiritual Coaching Podcast. We're teaching spiritual coaches how to fight for and guide reluctant hearts into a full and fearless devotion to God. Thanks for listening. In this episode, we'll dig into the place that heart, you can call it zeal or fanaticism if you'd like, the, part, the place that that has to play in knowing God deeply and following Him fully. So have you ever noticed that the stuff we have to do, the, the stuff we're responsible for, often isn't much fun to do? <laughs> often, what's very important is not very appetizing. Uh, for example, duty. That's something you're driven to do by little else than a sense of responsibility. Uh, Sheer duty isn't necessarily driven by desire and giftings and calling. and It's just something you're expected to do. Maybe something you feel you owe yourself or have promised another. And now it's time to follow through. Duty is often like another virtue. Gratitude. How motivating is is it to have to act day in and day out driven by thankfulness alone? Okay, living sacrificially with only gratitude to motivate and guide you, and nothing else will get long. While gratitude without heart may be an impossibility, imagine having to be thankful because it's your duty. Not, but, but feeling no compulsion, no compunction other than duty. My point is, is that without heart, without deep desire, consuming passion and driving zeal, undeniable want to or any impulse, yearning or hunger, life becomes drudgery. That's the way God made mankind, not to, to strive and excel out of, out of sheer discipline no, alone, but, but out of passion uh, that he has put within our very soul. And this is equally true about our devotion to God. To be fair, uh, being dependable, responsible, thankful, or living from a sense of gratitude, they are all, without doubt, are good things. These are some of the most highly prized and honored traits within humanity, but they all have a shared weakness. They're not very good long-term motivators. They all have a shared danger as well. They can all be practiced without the one uh, ingredient that'll make them the best virtues, and and that'll stand the test of time. See, any virtue can be polluted by secret selfish motivations. Heart. Without heart, many good things can end up being motivated by baser instincts. Half a good motivation only gets you half the way home. To make it all the way, a greater motivation will be required. Once we're tired out and have used up all of our discipline-driven, higher-level motivations, if we don't have heart to make up the difference, we'll have to find new motivation, or else the hard thing we're doing is going to be run over and replaced by something that's easier to do. A couple episodes back, I addressed the importance of paying attention to our our inner life or our heart. 
It's often called soul care or self-care, some other term that expresses the need to maintain the condition of our invisible self. The, the will and the want and the desires and affections and emotions and memories and loves. All of that stuff that makes us us. When I mention heart in this episode, I'm talking about something slightly different and more specific. I'm using heart synonymously with passion, love, zeal, fervor, fanaticism, devotion, fire, something so strong that it compels us to self-sacrifice. This kind of heart belongs to one who sees their mission, their reason to breathe, with crystal clarity. They see their one thing with a life-consuming desire to engage with it such at such an extent that their selves are devoted to near full capacity to see it through. That's the kind of heart that drives men and women to bet against terrible odds and risk their lives in impossible causes for the sake of the call. And that's what we need to follow Christ. The kind of heart, that kind of heart is needed in addition to competitiveness, duty, responsibility, gratitude, and such other motivators. When found together, we have a mixture that drives unswerving allegiance and undying commitment. Because it's so rarely found in any one heart, it's hard to believe that it's not just the stuff of fairy tales, heroic lore, and Hollywood fiction. When instead, it needs to be found in the heart of every Christian who expects to make it to the end of their days still fighting the good fight. Yes, you're going to need to be a comic book hero in order to follow Christ to the end. Well, you're going to need the heart of a comic book hero anyway. One thing that makes a, a hero so heroic is their commitment to the cause, which in one way or another includes helping others. Heroes are reliable, always ready, never too tired or, or preoccupied, and they're not easily deterred even at the risk of their own life and limb. And maybe that what makes them heroes is that They've held back their heart for a worthy suitor, so it's unentangled when a worthy cause comes along. And that's the problem. We are very quick to give our hearts away to the lowest bidder. This past Christmas, I saw a Facebook post that said something about a person who was trying to save enough money to buy presents for their kids, and yet still have enough left to get lit on New Year's Eve. Right up with their, with their kids was getting stupid drunk to celebrate the new year. What an unworthy thing to give heart to. We all know that family member or friend who has sold out on their favorite sports team. Or maybe they're, they've sold their heart and soul to their jobs and hobbies, sex, drama, criticism, various substances, video games, the gang, whatever. People don't tend to save their heart for worthy suitors. What about you? So here's a key summary. The heart needs to commit. Now a a wounded and broken and burned out heart avoids the commitment, but it still needs to be able to give itself away. This is how the heart is designed. And when God doesn't have our hearts, we'll give it away to the most amazingly inferior things. I've told you that spiritual coaches fight for the human heart. What does that mean? to fight for people's hearts. It means that folks don't know why Jesus died for them. If they have an answer, it's probably that, you know, he died for their sins, which is partly true, but it's in its incomplete state, it's dangerously misleading. Jesus died so we can have abundant life in relationship with him. Forgiveness of sin paves the way for arrival at that glorious destination, but it's Just the journey there, not the end goal. We fight for hearts because God doesn't want just our duty. 
at least not just our duty or even just our thankful service. Uh, service that's driven only by a sense of doubt. He wants our hearts, our devotion, our unwavering loyalty, our undivided love, our sacrificial faithfulness. We don't fight for people to be comfortable, at ease, or safe. We're not probably calling them to morality, integrity, or religion. All those things are found in other religions and sometimes in no religion at all. We should not even want an, an eye-opening miracle for them unless it fuels something more than an experience. You know, an empower encounter or, or even just gratitude. All of which will eventually wane and waste away if the miracle comes along with no deep motivation of their heart towards God. God doesn't want our sacrifice. He doesn't want what we, you know, we do for him. If it's what we choose to do for him and not what he asks us to do. When we're in a relationship with someone, we don't act only to please ourselves, but to please the one we love. We don't give them just what is the easiest, offering partial obedience by doing what is easy and costless, leaving out the difficult part. Full obedience and undivided loyalty are the ultimate expression of love. Gratitude can lead to little more than occasional remembrance and sporadic religious observances. Over time, we become forgetful, dispassionate, and the acts become meaningless and heartless for lack of new fuel for the fire of devotion. But obedience, the costly kind that follows God's lead no matter what the cost, now that's the offering that God wants, and that takes heart. We are fighting for people's hearts to guide them in giving their very selves, their lives away to God, having essentially died to their own dreams and will and rights to live under God's lordship or leadership. You know, a, a favorite lyric of mine is found in a song by uh, Audio Adrenaline on their Until My Heart Caves In uh, CD. Uh, the name of the song is uh, Until My Heart Caves In. Um, it was it won the Grammy in 2005 for the Rack Album of the Year. And here's the, uh, the excerpt that really moves me. Uh, my love is fierce. I'm a warrior. I would die for you. Give it all for you. I'm a warrior with a warrior's heart, and it burns for you. For you. Uh, that's meant to be a vow that we make to God, but it quite perfectly describes Jesus' passion for a religion that's true in self and life-giving. Uh, the God-fearing, God-following life seen in Jesus' example needs courage and a willingness to go to the mat for what is eternally important. It needs warriors. I'm guessing that I've lost some of you by now, and I'm okay with that. You'll eventually understand what I'm saying about heart. If you're struggling to follow, it might be because you don't hear people talking like this every day. Nor are you told very often that in order to follow God well, you're going to need the heart of a hero. It's far too often sugar-coated and presented as a comfortable cakewalk. We don't usually make this big of an ask of people for one fear or another. But Jesus did. He affirmed that we must love him with all our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. In case you would become confused, every faculty known to humanity was covered in all those alls. Covered from multiple angles, heart and soul and mind, they, they all overlength and, and strength that surely refers to not just physical, but strength of heart and mind. All out, full throttle, unabated devotion to God is what it takes. Do you see why I say that as spiritual coaches, we're fighting for human hearts? 
When I use heart, I'm employing it to cover all of oneself. Here's today's big thought. People's hearts are splintered with various unworthy commitments, some they don't even know they've made. They've given pieces of their heart to any number of named and unnamed, known and unknown gods. And we need to help them take their heart back from those worthless devotions so they can give each and every piece of it back to God. Our job is to help undivide, to unify, to reintegrate, to converge, to restore, to solidify people's hearts in full devotion to God. Listen to this verse. Verse. Psalm 86.11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. That word undivided, it has the idea of, of just concentration, of, of being uh, not splintered with multiple foci, but one lone point of attention. It speaks of something that is exclusively designated to a singular focus. It's a huge nod to the idea of holiness that we'll cover in a few episodes. When you take duty, our Christian responsibility to serve God who made us and saved us, and add heart to it, you move towards that kind of integration. Don't let anyone tell you that if we've been truly rescued by God, we won't ever lack heart. That's false pie-in-the-sky thinking. The ins and outs and pains and trials and drudgery and boredom of daily life can suck the life right out of anyone who is not paying attention. If we're not awake to the battle over who gets the biggest slice of our heart, we're slowly giving our hearts away to various and unworthy requests for our passion. When you begin with a Christian's thankfulness for all God has done and add heart to it, you get something far more than gratitude. You get wildly zealous loyalty to God. The very process of reintegrating the heart is the only way to build loyalty to God. As we watch God heal and forgive and restore and reinvigorate, lay down His life and rise again fighting for us, we overflow with His love and goodness. It's a lifelong process that must not stall out for very long at any one time if we want to solidify our passion and devotion to God. Spiritual coaches, fight. Call those you coach to fight for their own heart. Challenge them to peel themselves away from one after another of the causes and commitments they've made that they put their heart behind so they can give it all to God. Listen to Jesus here in Matthew 10, 37-39. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Do you see it? Jesus isn't demanding that we disrespect our family. He's asking for first place in our heart. An undivided loyalty that will uh, choose him and what is right, holy and true, over any other relationship. An undivided loyalty. For anyone else to ask that, it would be weird and wrong. But when it's the Lord of the universe who stepped down to be crucified as a common and despised criminal, 
just to win our hearts and rescue our souls. It's not so weird. It's right. He deserves our hearts and it's completely in his right to ask for supreme devotion. Allow me to thank all who are listening for putting us in your earbuds today. If this episode or podcast has been helpful to you, you can help us get the word out by taking the time to like us on whatever streaming app you're using and by sharing the link to our podcast or to a specific episode with someone you think might benefit from it. Next time on the Two Rivers Spiritual Coaching Podcast, we'll talk about what spiritual coaching is from the perspective of what someone should expect when they come in to see us. Thank you. We're honored that you've taken the time to give us a listen as we teach spiritual coaches how to guide Christians into a full and fearless devotion to God. If you'd like to contact Pastor Kara to ask a question, give feedback, or sign up for coaching, you have two options. First, you can visit our coaching website by going to tworivers.church backslash lifecoaching. Be sure to hyphenate lifecoaching. When there, just click the button in the blue banner. On that page, you'll also find free tools to use in your spiritual coaching practice. Additionally, you will find a link to a blog where you can get a transcript of today's show, filled with Bible references and other content not mentioned on the podcast. Second, you can email Pastor Carrie directly at carrie at tworivers.church. That's carrie, K-E-R-R-Y, at two, T-W-O, rivers.church. If this content was helpful, please jump over to iTunes and SoundCloud. Search for the Spiritual Coaching Podcast and give us a like and share the podcast so that more people like yourself can find us. Again, thank you, and we hope to see you on our next episode of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast.